Welcome to Washoe Life, the podcast about life and people in Washoe County. I'm your host, Communications Director Nancy Lewenhagen, joined by my co-host, Bethany Drysdale. So good to be here. Here on Washoe Life, our goal is to introduce our listeners to a variety of guests and topics that are relevant to life in Washoe County. Listening and learning from the people who live in our community and have a story to tell is what we're about. Something that might resonate with listeners or a lesson that we can learn from or maybe somebody who can spark some inspiration in us. I have a feeling today's guest will do what you just described, Bethany. We are thrilled to have the University of Nevada's 17th, University of Nevada Reno's 17th president, only alum, 17th president and only alum to our podcast. Welcome, Brian Sandoval. Nancy, Bethany, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, honored to be here. We are so honored to have you. And, I, and my, my first question is probably something that people ask you all the time. What is it like to have been a student at UNR and now be in your second year as president? Well, it's amazing. And as I tell people, if, um, if I had the ability to talk to my 18-year-old self back then, they would, it would never occur to that 18-year-old that I'd be able to do the things that I do. But it's, it's amazing. And I tell folks, it's like moving back into the house that you grew up in. I mean, I'm familiar with... The campus. I'm familiar with the buildings. I have memories in places all over campus. So it's really a natural fit for me. Is that hard sometimes to to walk down a hallway and be like, oh man, I remember, you know, some memory from that corner over there or that building over there? Well, it's fun, not hard. <laughs> but, um, you know, I tell stories. So I walked my daughter on campus and I said, see this little slope right here? This is Heartbreak Hill. This is where a girl broke up with me when I was going to college. And, and here's where the old library used to be and where we would gather at Getchell Library. And this is where we, we would study. And here's where the old student union was. And this is where the bookstore was. So it's really fun. And, you know, I'm really a, a big fan of history and I'm really excited about you know, the preservation of Morrill Hall, which was built in 1885. I tell people that Chester Arthur was the president of the United States when that building was built. So there are a lot of stories to tell, and I've, I've read the history of the university so that I could fill that in even more. I love that uh, Manzanita. My daughter lived in Manzanita, mm -hmm. and I always tell her, you know, she said, sometimes we thought we heard typing in the middle of the night. So there might be a ghost or two in there. It's possible. And the other thing that I do is I collect antique postcards of the university. And it's really fun. I have some postcards from 1908, 1907, 1906 of the campus in Manzanita is there. And there's individuals with Victorian garb on that are depicted in on the postcard. So, you know, when I show students those things, and, and the history and the tradition and the heritage that's on this campus, they really understand what a gift it is and what an opportunity it is to attend the university. Wow. Now you have big plans, big ideas for the university. In your, your first um, state of the university address, you talked about some big goals. Um, 25,000 students by 2025, um, achieving federal classification as a Hispanic serving institution. And you mentioned, you know, audacious goals. What's the point if they're not audacious? Can you talk a little bit about that? No, of course. And I really believe that you have to be bold and you have to be with the times. And during that state of the university, I talked about a university president way back in 1896 that said, our university has to be a university that never grows old. And that is just as true today as it was, you know, 126 years ago. But 
you know, they, there are goals. Actually, it's 23 by 25, 23,000 oh, students <laughs> by 25. Okay. That loud sound you heard was our student services heads exploding. <laughs> with, um, but, but anyway, um, there, there are many things. And let me talk about the things that, that, that you talked about. Enrollment is incredibly important. My ultimate, bold, audacious goal is to become a member of the American Association of Universities, the AAU. These, that is the top 65 most prestigious research universities in the country. And we're well on our way. We are Carnegie High Research University, so we're one of the top 120 um, research universities in the United States. Something to really be a proud of, but part of that is growing the enrollment at the university, both at the undergraduate level and at the graduate level, because research is a very important component on that. The other thing is technology. Uh, we have what's called the Digital Wolfpack uh, Digital Initiative, and what we do is when the students come, we have a partnership with Apple. Every incoming freshman and transfer student gets an iPad Air, a keyboard, and a pen, uh, whatever they call it, you know, but for free. And it's not just the fact that it's free. Digital equity is incredibly important, and I'm sure we'll talk about COVID in a moment, but there were a lot of students that didn't have devices. And so it really created some inequities for students to be able to access their professors, to have the ability to really engage in their education. So we felt that we really needed to, to take a bold step, to use that word bold again, to really provide that. So we're working with Apple, and we have done that. We're also starting UNR Academies. Um, I'm a big believer in students in high school having the ability to, to get co take college courses and get college credit. So we now have six high schools in Clark County, and probably, we, we don't have the specific numbers yet, but almost 2,000 students that are going to be enrolled in UNR classes in Las Vegas get college credit. If you start as a junior, you can almost have a year or would have a year done before you even start. So it, it really has provided access to college classes that you wouldn't have had before. So that is another big initiative, and I'm sure we're going to talk about other things too. Is this, these initiatives, is this all part of the Wolfpack Way? It is. And, you know, the, it's something, you know, the Wolfpack way. And if you walk on our campus now, you will see these banners on the posts. And it talks about the Wolfpack way on one, or it says the Wolfpack way on one side. And on the other, it features alumni. And we, I really want our students to be inspired by our alumni, you know, what everything is possible on our campus. But the Wolfpack way, it's really important to me personal. It's a sense of integrity. It's a sense of responsibility and obligation to help others, to help students on our campus, to help people out in the community, and to be a servant leader as you move on, not only as a student, but as, a, as an alum. And so that you, you, you learn that you help you know, everybody and that it's really important to respect everybody. So that is the Wolfpack way. I love that. Now, when you were um, governor, you were part of the Western Governors Association, and that association launched Western Governors University, and that was really a, a big thing that you did here in Nevada while you were governor. Has education always been this thing for you that you, you've been trying to promote, or is it something you kind of happened into? No, it's always been important to me, and first and foremost, you know, education really helped me get to, to where I am, and I want every individual in Nevada, regardless of what it is they want to do, but to have that ladder to fulfill their dream and go on their, their life's journey. So as governor, yes, you, you, you mentioned Western Governors University, 
and that is an online university. And there are a lot of individuals who are in professions, have families, work in remote areas, and don't have access to a campus. And we have some needs. We had needs in, in nursing and in technology and teaching, and these were all curriculums that WGU provided. And so we brought WGU not to compete with the universities and the community colleges that are in our state, but to provide another option for people who maybe didn't get a chance to get to go to college or finish college, who perhaps want to start a second career. So it was wildly successful and very beneficial. So we're, you know, I'm really happy about that. But in terms of education as governor, you know, we, we really tried to fund education to the, the best extent that we possibly could. We did things like all-day kindergarten and created you know, schools that provided more funding, victory schools that um, needed more funding in terms of at-risk and providing the students with the resources that they needed. Uh, you became uh, president during the middle of COVID. We've talked about it a little bit. What kind of challenges, I, I mean, that had to just, I, I, as it turned all of us upside down, what kind of challenges did that bring you? Well, it was really hard on our students, faculty, and staff. And I wasn't the president um, when the first call came that everyone had to go online, that you could not have in-person education. So the university had to pivot on a moment's notice and basically within a week be able to to deliver class, you know, classes online or on Zoom or, or what have you. And I really want to give Mark Johnson credit, who was the president of the university at the time, of, of making that pivot. But you know, everyone was learning, uh, learning about this at the same time, and taking classes online is very different than taking classes in person. So when I arrived, which was, was in the October of 2020, we had what was called hybrid high flex, which provided a combination of things. And we had to have be six foot apart. So you could only have classes in really big rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there were some, some of our faculty and, and staff that either were fragile themselves or perhaps had loved ones at home that were fragile that you had to make accommodations for them and along with the students. So there are so many heroes in this, just like in, in our community. And I really want to compliment our faculty for being able to to adapt and our staff and everyone in, in leadership at the university because they truly, you know, on a day-by-day basis, things could change. And so obviously now we, we continue to monitor, monitor things. Cheryl Hug English, who's the head of health, you know, our health um, facility up there has been just a hero and a warrior in all of this and really has been an amazing presence and individual who's, watched and worked with Washoe County and everybody else um, to make sure that our students are safe. And at the end of the day, that is the most important thing is that our students, faculty, and staff are safe. You've talked publicly about um, the school, it's University of Nevada, Reno, really being a part of Reno and vice versa, bringing the two really together, bringing the university more into kind of downtown, for lack of a better description. Can you talk a little bit about that, your vision for um, really the community and the university together? No, that con- connectivity is really important. And, and as you know, there are thousands of alumni um, here in Washoe County and throughout throughout the state. But it was described to me that the university was a castle with a moat around it, and it really wasn't accessible. And I thought it was really important to, to have that outreach. So 
Some people call it town and gown. I call it university, C-I-T-Y, mm-hmm. to really um, work to work together on things. So this summer, you might have noticed that Art Town was at the university, and we're really, love that. Yes, <laughs> we're real excited to to bring you know the community to the campus. But we are working on right now the Matthewson Gateway project, which is going to be a new business building on that lot that is on Virginia Street and 9th Street, if you're familiar as you drive by on, on Interstate 80. But I've been working with the city, working with the, with the mayor. We've been working with the Regional Transportation Commission, Washoe County, to really make this a powerful and beautiful and iconic building that really is going to introduce people to the campus. But we're going to continue to have that programming and work with everybody in the community and in Wolfpack sports is obviously important and a big connector with the community as well. But um, we're going to be out in the schools. We're going to be out in the community. It is nice to see as, as someone who walks by a lot. Or if you haven't had a chance to, please get up and look at all of the, what's going on because you can see that vision. All right, we have to talk. We have to talk personal. We have you here, you know. Uh, you've had a lot of big moments in your life. Uh, dedicated your career to public service, state legislator, attorney general, federal judge, Governor of Nevada, I have to ask you, did a young Brian Sandoval think that this would, did you know you were going to dedicate yourself like this to public service? Well, and I I think, and thank you, um, I grew up in Sparks, and I grew up raising sheep, and that's how I put myself through school, is my brother and I raised the sheep, and we'd sell the wool, and we'd sell the lambs, and that's how we paid our tuition, and my job was cleaning sheep pens, and that's what I did every, every Sunday, so if you talk to that kid, if you told him that this would have happened, he would have never believed it because there was, there were no professionals in our family. There were no politicians in our family. You know, my parents were hardworking, good people who wanted the best for their kids. And so throughout my life, I've had incredible mentors that have given me the confidence, you know, that, that I could be whatever it was that I wanted to be. And so throughout the course of my life, things just evolved. And yes, it included a lot of hard work, but, you know, I have to give credit to my university, the University of Nevada, that while I was a student there, it introduced me to people. I learned things. I made friends that all informed the rest of my life. And so I've been very blessed to to do what I've done. All my um, positions have informed the next position. And I'm you know, as president, I really lean on my experience as governor and all the different things that I've done. And, um, but no, I w- it would have, I came, when I came to UNR, I want, I thought I'd be an accountant and thought that would be a good way to make a living and I'd be fine and I'd have a, a degree and, and move forward and things just happened. There must have been um, mentors or people who inspired you along the way. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So I, I, you, you mentioned mentors, and so when I was at um, the university, a friend of mine had um, done an internship for Senator Paul Laxalt in Washington, D.C., and he said it was amazing. And so I, I thought, well, I'll apply, but I know I won't get picked. I'm a nobody. And I wrote my little personal statement, and within that personal statement, I said that I raise sheep. And... Senator Laxalt or somebody on his staff, because his father was a shepherd, said, we got to have this guy. He's a sheep guy. 
And that's how I got picked to be an intern in 1984 for Senator Paul Laxalt during the reelect when Ronald Re- um, Reagan was reelected. And I'd never been to Washington, D.C. I'd never been nowhere close. And I got there and I watched him and how he conducted himself and how he loved Nevada and how he was passionate. And everyone knows that he was Ronald Reagan's best friend. And so I got exposed to, I didn't go to the White House, but I got exposed to the type of person that the president was. And it really inspired me. And I thought to myself, I want to be like him or do things like him someday. I don't know if it's possible, but I'm going to work for that. And so that's where it all started with Paul Laxalt. That is such a Nevada story. I love it. I, mm-hmm. Another story that one of our staff people shared that I, I wanted to ask you about, 2012 Republican National Convention, you were chosen by Mitt Romney to speak during primetime. And, and what they shared is that that was a very big deal, not only for Nevada, but also Hispanics. And, and, uh, uh, and most of the speakers had a time of 2 o'clock. You got primetime. How did that feel? Well, it was really scary, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it, what an opportunity. No, and it was so humbling to have a chance to do that. And I felt a tremendous responsibility to do well and really convey what it was like to be brought in, you know, Hispanic household. And you know, again, being blessed with hardworking parents who really encouraged us to do well and, and to get an education and reach for the stars. So that was kind of the story that I told during that speech. But I call them my Forrest Gump moments because I like, how did I get here? And here I was speaking at the national convention. And, you know, to this day, it doesn't seem real. But it, it was a, an amazing opportunity and a chance to make my state proud. So thank you. And Mitt Romney, he's he was very active in the Olympic, the Reno Tahoe, uh, well, in the Olympics and then um, the Reno Tahoe Olympic um, Committee, for lack of a better word, here. He was really supportive of that, and I know that's something that you were supportive of as well. Um, have you maintained some of those relationships over the years? And, you know, there are some big, um, big names that you've been able to connect with over the years and then um, use that for the good of Nevada. Oh, 100%. And a, a small recent example was the Secretary of Agriculture was in Reno, Tom Vilsack. And I had the opportunity to work with him while I was governor. And so he invited me to a round table and not far from where we're sitting right now at the, you know, Washington County Complex. And, you know, I walk in, hey, Brian, how's it going? And, you know, how can we work together? Because obviously we're a land-grant university that has a very respected uh, College of Agriculture, Biotechnology, and Natural Resources. And so I was explaining to him our desert farming initiatives and all the things that we do, and he said, well, maybe we can work together. So that's a small example of, of what we can do. I maintain relationships with current and former governors. I maintain relationships with people in Washington, D.C. I re- maintain relationships with people in the legal community. So I'm hoping that will be helpful not only to the state, but also to the university. You also maintain relationships with lots of students and staff on your own podcast, which I think is amazing. If you haven't, uh, if you don't already know this, uh, you host a podcast called Sage Brushers at the University of Nevada, Reno. And I listened to it and I didn't realize, one, well, I want to hear about the podcast, but also two, 
that used to be the nickname for yes. University of Nevada? So again, I love history, and you know, we're, everybody knows we're the Wolf Pack, but pre-1922-23, we were the University of Nevada Sagebrushers. Oh, wow, I didn't <laughs> know that. Yeah, and a lot of people, students, didn't really like, like that name, and so they were actually starting to think about changing that name, and I think one of them was the Mustangs was a possible name, and Another one was were the coyotes, um, and none of them really kind of resounded with anybody. But there was a radio announcer who was calling a football game, a Nevada football game, and he said that team plays like a pack of wolves, oh. and that's where the name came from. Love it. Yeah. So you heard it here. <laughs> you heard it here, but it's in the books. Okay. I, uh, but in any any event, um, I wanted to have a podcast. We have amazing people on the campus. Our faculty, our students or staff, and a lot of their stories don't get out. And I think, you know, we're all proud of this university, but if they knew some of these stories uh, of these individuals that they would um, really want to learn about them. So I, I try to capture individuals on campus so that they can tell their stories. That's fantastic. So where do people go to listen to this? They go on to the university website. Okay. And so you just put in sagebrushers and it'll take you right to it. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a pleasure to, to speak with you. And um, I'm wearing a, a UNR shirt. I didn't go there, but I feel like now I need to go, I don't know, get another degree or something just so I can say I'm one of you. <laughs> well, we're all members of the Wolfpack family. We, there we are. Go. We are. <laughs> I, I have two out of two that went. I only had two kids. They both went there. Well, the one's still a senior. But we thank you so much. And we look forward to watching. Uh, we think you're going to be there for a while. Yes. I love it there. And go pack. pack. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And it's been a pleasure to have President Sandoval with us today. And until we see you next time, Washoe Life, have a great day.